Hey guys, welcome to the special Satisfied series with the Real Life Podcast. I'm so thrilled you are here. For this special eight-week series, I've gotten to interview my dearest friends who I look up to, I've learned so much from, and I do life with, and we talk about all the things, all the real-life things of how to become satisfied women in different roles and areas that we live in every day. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy this next episode. Welcome to the Real Life Podcast. I am so excited for today's podcast on this special Satisfied series. A really, really amazing woman named Francie is here today to talk about marriage and sex. When you think about Satisfied and the book that I wrote, it does talk a lot about being satisfied in the season that we are in. And a lot of us, a lot of you listeners, are married and have children. And marriage is a lot of work. It is the great one of the greatest gifts that we have and a way to share the gospel with people and to be a light. But it takes a lot of work and it needs a lot of counsel and a lot of wisdom. And I am so grateful for Francie being on today and just coming and sharing the depth of wisdom she has on this topic and how she loves her husband well and how they stay satisfied in their marriage. So Francie, thank you so much for being on today. It's such a gift. I'm so glad to be with you. Yes. So we, um, I just recently started following you. I was with a group of women recently and we were actually talking about marriage and sex and needing a lot of encouragement and wisdom in this area. And some of the women were like, have you heard of Francie? She's amazing. She talks about this. Because a lot of us, honestly, we were saying um, there's not a lot or any that we know of um, Christians who are talking about sex. And so they, some people have to go to you know, other areas to find wisdom of how do you have a healthy sex life in your marriage. And so they were just saying, Francie is amazing. She talks about this and what she shares is just so good and rich and deep. And so I'm so grateful that you're on today and that we get to talk about these topics um, that are so important and aren't necessarily talked about a lot. Um, So Francie, for listeners who aren't as familiar with you, can you just introduce yourself, where you guys live, how many kids you have, how long you've been married and what you do. Yeah. So we, my husband, Wyatt and I live in the Northern Virginia area, which is code for suburbs of DC. Mm-hmm. And so we're on the East coast and we have six kids. The oldest is 13 and the youngest is two. And, um, our kid number five is adopted. And so we have five mm-hmm. biological and one adopted, and we have the joy of both of those journeys. They're both different and wonderful mm-hmm. and challenging all in different ways. And so that's been such a gift that we have, um, been blessed to experience so many kids in different stages right now. And, um, yeah, my husband's in finance and I get to be home with the kids, a lot, but I also have the joy of hosting a little podcast called the heaven in your home podcast. And I I started that because I was doing a lot of speaking on this topic and realizing that a lot of people wanted to have this conversation. And at the same time, I really wanted to give my biggest yes to my home and to my family. And so in order not to be traveling so much, I thought, you know, I'm just going to put this on a podcast and keep the conversation going because my heart is to make disciples and to follow Jesus and Mm -hmm. invite people to follow him along with me, especially around conversations that make a difference in our real lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I love theology and I love biblical studies and 
and I went to Wheaton College and I have a master's in ministry from there, but I also really want to live it out and not just think about it, but do it and do the things of God and understand how they actually inform the nitty gritty parts of our lives. And in particular, um, I'm the least likely person to be talking about sex probably because it was not in my wheelhouse. It was not in my vision for life. But I've said yes to this invitation that God's given me after realizing that this is actually what he's called me to talk about for this mm. uh, season because it's on his heart and he really wants to set us free because it's good news. So I, I do talk about um, sex, marriage, and the mission of God and how they actually all go together. Mm-hmm. And we're so grateful for what you do. I love that Lord has called you to this. It's so needed. Um, so hey, to start off, let's talk about marriage. Um I, we've, Jeff and I have been married for eight years going on nine, and we are deep in the thick of little kids, um, two, five, and seven. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this season with a lot of the listeners, it is a lot of building, pouring out, giving, not having a lot of time, um, that you used to have. And I'm sure, you know, your times double that with six kids. And I did pull my audience recently about when it comes to being satisfied in your marriage, what are some of the biggest challenges that you face? And a lot of them, which I completely resonate with, um, said, how do you connect with your husband when there's littles? Like, how do you make time for each other and prioritize your marriage? What I would love to hear your answer. Um, what have you learned and what would you advise us that are in the thick of these years? Yeah. Well, okay. So uh, we are really big into intentionality, right? We're really big into building a culture of the kingdom in our home. And so I'm going to give a lot of intentional tips, things that we've done, but it's also knowing it's the grace of God. Also, you know, Mm -hmm. we can run ourselves ragged with all the good tips and what do I need to do now? but it's consistently primarily tapping into God. What is your grace for us in this season? And I feel like in this Mm. season comes at the end of every conversation we have because seasons come and seasons go and somebody's potty training or somebody's struggling at night or somebody's up at 5.00 AM, like crazy people, you know, your kids are in (laughs) stages and it comes and goes Mm -hmm. quite often. And so it is Lord, how do you, what do you have for us in this season to prioritize intentionally our connection? So we're not just running to the, like the self-help magazines, but we're running to the presence of God to find wisdom because mm. he does give it. And some of our things we've done have lasted years. And some of the tips and ideas go in season and out of season, depending on where we are and what we're able to do, what babysitters we have available. Cause some seasons we've had a plenty and some seasons, there's been nobody. It's like, where did all these helpers go? And we figure out different things. So I think the first thing I just want to lay the foundation for is the grace of God and the involvement of the Holy Spirit in every area and every decision that he is into it. And he is um, so ready to give you practical wisdom, not just for like curriculum ideas for church Sunday school, but for your schedule and for your moment to moment interactions with your kids and your Mm -hmm. marriage. So that said, um, when we were in the thick of it, as you said, probably when our, our two oldest are 16 months apart. So I was in my master's school. He was traveling salesman and we were just exhausted living in a place. We didn't know a lot of people. And we felt like we were just high-fiving roommates, just passing babies, high-fiving each other. We were okay. Mm -hmm. We weren't at each other, but we were not thriving in connection. Like we knew Mm -hmm. we wanted to be. And we decided at one point, we just kind of made a decision. We will not settle for just mediocre Um, high-fiving connection. We want deep connection and we want growing connection. And so what can we do? And the thought came to us to have not just a date night once a week, but date night every night. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And what that looked like for us, it, it didn't have to be, it wasn't prescript, prescribed. It wasn't formulaic. It was every night we just set apart time to connect. And it was, we put our phones down, we put the laundry down, we put our to-do list down and we said, we're done for the night. It was like, we draw, drew a line. Mm-hmm. And for us, for many years, it was eight to nine. And that was our, we called our eight to nine time. And then we would just go to bed together. And it allowed us to develop a rhythm where we were one Mm -hmm. in our schedule. And I know that doesn't work for everybody, but figuring out how we could connect every day and make that a really conscious choice, because if we didn't, life would just overwhelm us. And so we did that and we did everything from, we'd play cards, we would taste teas or wine, we would binge on series. We would try to incorporate physical intimacy as often as possible, but it wasn't always just go have sex. It was um, let's enjoy each other and let's remember that we are lovers and friends and build into this when it feels like everything is sucking us dry. And so that was a gift. Um, There are different seasons where we've done walks when we had a babysitter that could kind of be nearby. We do morning walks or evening walks, but I think it was the the biggest stake in the ground was that we will do eight to nine every night and put, say no to the other things because it feels mm-hmm. like the phone, especially technology, it just can seep in yeah. and there's always emails to answer. There's always Instagram to scroll, but we just said we're done and we're going to connect and really prioritize that time. And I would say that's born the most fruit. And, um, another big one in that time was actually scheduling sex. And we can talk about that later when we get to that, but actually saying, if we don't intentionally make room for this, it's just too easy for us to both be exhausted. Cause I think, mm. you know, before you get married, it's the trick is how not to have sex. Right. <laughs> and then right. after you get married, it's like, wait a minute, we're so tired. Do we even want to have sex? Yes, mm-hmm. you do. Cause that's kind of the enemy strategy is before sex, before you're married, like that's the temptation, but after you're married, the temptation is just to drift apart. And so Mm -hmm. we were definitely drifting and making some conscious decisions based on what we could do to prioritize connection, uh, was a real lifesaver. And we are so glad we did it. Now we've been married for almost 16 years and we consistently have that date night every night. Mm -hmm. And it's a gift. I love that. Do you still have a different date, like another date night, or is it just an hour every day? Um, you know, we started just relying on that because babysitters were hard. And then, um, after our adoption dynamics changed and we just really needed to be around a lot with our Mm -hmm. kiddos. And, um, so seasons have come and gone to be totally honest. We went the au pair route a few years ago. So we had an au pair live with us, which was phenomenal experience. And now we have another helper who lives with us. And so we're doing life with somebody who is around. So we do have date nights now, but there were seasons where we would, we didn't have a babysitter. And so we just got creative. We would have, we would try to have a special date night in when we didn't have a babysitter, like order to go and eat on the porch Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. set the kids up a veggie tales or something. And we would go in another room, but I think it's about being creative. What season are you in and how can you with a light heart, just say, God, what do you have for us? Cause it's really kind of a bit of swimming against the current. Would you say with your stage? Oh, a thousand percent. And I think all of us, especially during COVID, like I feel like a lot of us don't have the help we used to have. And a lot of us, um, yeah, you just have to be so creative with your, and I think a lot of listeners too wrote in that they struggle with comparing their marriage with other marriages and you really have to know I would love to hear your thoughts on that too like what the Lord has called you guys to because what you guys are are, is so different than all your friends and everyone you see online and so being creative with how you guys how you're wired what you need what how to connect in your seasons like you said and with your um 
different work schedules. Like some people, you know, their husbands are gone three nights a week or they travel or all of that. So really being creative. And so I love, I always love hearing practical tips of what people do because then you can be like, oh, I can implement that or that's great for them, but it inspires me to try something different that works for us. You know, it can look like a lot of different things. And that's, what's fun about it. I know, um, a friend of mine, they take walks in the evening and that's what they do. Another friend has a dog. So Mm -hmm. that gives a good excuse. Another friend, they are able to take lunch dates a couple of times a week because their husband is a Mm -hmm. pastor and he comes home for lunch. And so I've talked to lots of women and it looks like so many different things. I think the main point is, are you purposefully choosing regular connection, Mm -hmm. um, and prioritizing that when it really is so easy to assume we're good. We're just like doing life. But without the intentional time set apart, life can, it, the drift is natural. And yeah. the, if we just kind of go with the flow, it eventually, the drift increases and our, mm-hmm. our lack, our unity really dissolves. But um, I think that's part of the challenge and the joy is saying, we want this. What do you really want? We want connection. What does that look like in this season? That's so good. So what would you say for the wives in the, that are listening, um, what part, what role do we play in making sure that that time happens? You know, I think it's a funny thing when I'm only speaking to the wives, I really wish like we could always have our husbands on with us and be like, okay, right. what do you say? Cause my husband is totally in on everything I say, but he's not an internet guy. <laughs> so he's <laughs> like, you do it. I support you. We brainstorm everything I do is really us, but mm-hmm. he is not an internet guy. So he it just is happy to be behind the scenes. But, um, I think one thing that I think is really powerful is coming to your husband and saying, Hey babe, I love our marriage and I just mm-hmm. want you more. I want to go closer to you. I want to be the best wife I can be. And what does that look like for us right now? How can we prioritize that and grow that? Cause I just want to grow closer to you. And I want to be, um, super connected to you. And sometimes I think for, if a guy is like a super fan of something going along with him and being a super fan with him, even if it's not your thing, I did a Mm -hmm. podcast recently called, uh, becoming a yes wife. And Mm -hmm. I am so not normally a yes wife. I'm like, oh, it's raining. It might get wet. I'd probably be cold. Oh, it's nap time. You know, I think of every reason why it's not a good idea to take a risk or do something spontaneous because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just, I'm, you know, we're thinking about the logistics and we'll, right. the price we'll have to pay later, the <laughs> pile of laundry or whatever. And learning actually through one of my kiddos who was a super yes kid, like mm. anything, you want to do this? Yes. When do, and I saw how it melted <laughs> my husband's heart. And I'm like, mm. I have something to learn from her because his heart is being touched by her willingness to say yes. Mm, And it got me thinking, and we've had a lot of funny conversations about swallow that like thing I'm about to say, and just be open to something he wants to do. And it's been sweet because I've grown a lot as a wife and as, you know, growing in my spontaneity and it's been sweet because it really ministers to him. So I think finding out what is it that really touches your guy's heart Mm-hmm. And being willing to go there and it might be stretching, but it'll honor him and bless him. And it's fun to see how over the years you actually, your strengths and your differences grow each other and they're not all that bad, different. You can really jump in and say, Hey, what will make him feel loved? And how can we grow together? Mm-hmm. Is there, um, like, uh, this is going to sound silly, but a question we can ask for our husbands to figure out what would make them feel loved? You know, like yeah, I mean, step, I think if, that's they, a great if the husband doesn't quite know, how do we frame that question to figure that out? Yeah. Well, I think you could ask some fun questions. I think what what would make you feel loved this Saturday? 
Like, Hey, what would you love to do this Saturday? And if he's like, I want to go hunting, I want to go play basketball. I want to play video games. I'm not a big video game person, but maybe if that's his favorite thing, you could do it with him. Mm. Or, um, what would make you feel, um, I think what would be fun for you is a great question. Okay. And can we do it mm-hmm. together? Cause I think that takes mm. a little bit of like the, the feeling out of it. What would be fun for you? And just kind of having your mind, you're going to say yes. Like why okay. it likes off-roading. I do mm-hmm. not like dangerous driving <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always like in the front seat, pushing the handbrakes, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. pull it back sister. We're okay. But it's just my temperament. And so I have to realize that even that, like I can love him by mm-hmm. zipping my lips and just going with the flow. And I think he loves to go off-roading. Mm-hmm. So saying mm-hmm. yes to something like that, I think would bless him. And, um, but I think on the regular, you can pull out a piece of paper on a date night and just say, Hey, let's dream a little together. I want mm-hmm. our marriage to be awesome. I don't want to fall into the same trap that I've seen other marriages. I think that we have something great going. What would it look like for us to um, really enjoy this next season more than ever? And I think you could brainstorm together, like what you like, what he likes, how you could make rhythms. I think um, I saw something that you guys have done online about family rhythms, and we are really loving that as well. For the last really 10 years, we started doing family rhythms, Sabbath, Mm -hmm. things like that. But what are the daily, you, this could be applicable, but daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual rhythms for your marriage. And so yeah, that's yeah. part of, if you wanted to get detailed and get a notebook out, what are daily rhythms? Maybe it's just, you snuggle at night before bed. That's your mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, um, you say a prayer before you go to sleep or when you leave for work in the morning, or maybe you just give a five second kiss every day. And you're like, that's our daily rhythm, our weekly mm-hmm. rhythm. What does that look like? Maybe grandma comes over and we go for a walk or we go out to eat or something. We do a picnic yeah. COVID style mm-hmm. and then month rhythms. Um, and so I think it's looked different for us in different times. I do have to share this one, like golden nugget, Oh yeah. Golden that a, a <laughs> older mom shared with me in terms of rhythms is getting a hotel for like a half day. And that okay. basically looks like you you pay, I mean, you might pay full price, but you can actually say, Hey, can I get a half day rate? And oh. I do this a lot actually alone because my mama soul needs some oxygen mm-hmm. and things have been a little intense lately. And so I go to a hotel and I just check in in the morning when my kids yeah. go to their co-op, <laughs> this is really honest. <laughs> and I get a half day rate and it's way, it's like a quarter of the price. And I get alone with Jesus for that time mm-hmm. until I get done with school. But, um, the same thing is applied for our marriage. We've done that half day rate and we go in at like three and we enjoy some quality time, some intimacy. Mm-hmm. We might take a nap straight up. Like we're going to sleep. Yeah. We're going to watch a movie. We're going to Uber eat some food and then we're going to go home. And so we've had like dinner, movie, you could yeah. even you hotwire it or Priceline it, or, you know, there's lots of ways to get discounted hotel rooms near you. Mm-hmm. You could even go to the grocery store and get some good snacks. So you don't even have to order out, but, um, that's been a huge lifesaver for us over the years where we haven't been able to do our annual rhythms or our quarterly rhythms of mm-hmm. really going away. Cause honestly, yeah. that was what we did for a long time as we did getaways to really invest in our marriage. But then we got to a point where it wasn't a gift for our kids mm-hmm. because they were really needing us. And so we would just do these little marriage getaways that were like six hours, <laughs> yes. but because we're at a hotel and we were actually spending the same that we would, if we went to dinner and a movie, mm-hmm. we were just in a hotel room and it, it put tons in our tank. So I love um, that. How often would you do that? Like quarterly? You know, we, we did it a lot during COVID actually. You did? <laughs> yeah. 
We did it a lot. Um, we have aimed to do it every Friday the last few months instead okay. of going out to dinner. Cause I think you get to a point in your marriage where going out to eat just kind of loses its sparkle. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, here we are again. We're going to try not mm-hmm. to talk about the kids. Let's talk about something else. And, mm-hmm. but having that physical connection is such a huge part of enjoying each other and all the mm-hmm. brainwashing chemicals that happen with oxytocin and vasopressin. And it really shifts yeah. things mm-hmm. and being able to connect in a way that you don't feel like there's a toddler about to knock on your door. Right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's just where we are and where we've grown. And if it's a, a budget thing, I think Priceline and Hotwire, they have some really great deals. And so mm-hmm. that's what we've done. And um, for the last couple of months, we've done a lot of Friday dates that way. Mm-hmm. We used to try to get away for a weekend every quarter and then um, COVID happened and that was hard to do. So yeah. anyway, thinking through rhythms, I think is a great way to do it. Just dream mm-hmm. with God, dream with your spouse, say, hey, I'm not coming here to correct you. I'm not coming here. Have it in your mind. I'm not coming here to boss you around as your wife. I'm coming here to like, let's get all we can out of this life Mm -hmm. together and let's glorify Mm -hmm. God as much as we can. And let's do that by becoming super connected because really that's how we bear fruit is unity Mm -hmm. and fruitfulness always follows unity. And so these are practical ways to build unity in your marriage. Wow. Francie, I feel like we could just end right there. That's so much goodness. So good and so practical and helpful. And um, it is so true. I feel like it's so easy to kind of like you said, I forget what words you said, but just to not be unified, like just kind of drift away from each other. And so I love these practical ways to find unity and um, and to be reminded that marriage should be really fun. I think sometimes in these years, it can just be like, responsibility and we're doing the thing and we're getting the work done. And just, I think part of the greatest gift of marriage is for it to be a really fun friendship and relationship. So I love what you're sharing. Um, Okay. Hey, last question about marriage. And then I'd love to go into sex. Um, How would you say um, for, this was a question asked too, and I would love to hear what you say, but how do you find full satisfaction in the Lord while still being satisfied in your marriage? I know they go hand in hand, but you know, there is um, like a tension there sometimes of like where we can easily swing one way where we, we try to find our satisfaction from our husband and it's like, well, he, you know, it could be an idol or like, that's not so healthy. But then the other way, sometimes we um, don't invest in our marriage as we fully should. So how would you say for the listeners that we really are satisfied in the Lord while still having a satisfying marriage? I think, um, I actually have done a podcast that's coming out in a few weeks called why your husband will never satisfy you and Mm -hmm. how that's good news. Yeah. Because I think we will be satisfied in our marriage to the extent we're satisfied in God Mm -hmm. and they're very connected. And I often find that when I'm driven towards my husband longing for love and I leave empty, that's a sign Mm. to me that I'm not getting something I need from God. And ultimately it's unfair to my husband to Mm. look for those things in him. And what I mean is I long to be known deeply. Mm -hmm. I long to have my mind read. (laughs) I long to have the crevices of my soul and my emotions understood. And I often 
feel sad when I'm not known or understood in the way I long to be. Mm. And then I realize, oh, he can't actually read my mind, but there is somebody who can, and he's called the lover yeah. of my soul. And he's able mm. to satisfy me deeply in that secret place of prayer and intimacy. And I find that when I realign my heart and I seek the Lord first and I say, God, I, I need you to know me. I'm remembering Psalm 139 of how deeply he knows me mm-hmm. and how intimately he knows me and how he anticipates the words before they even come out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And then my, my pull from Wyatt is not as strong because I'm full of God and I'm full of this confidence that I'm known and understood. And so even if why it can't give me everything I need, I'm okay because yeah. I'm actually satisfied in God and I can give Wyatt the freedom he needs to be a human mm. because that's all he is, is a human. And yeah. then I find that I have tons more grace for him and I'm actually a way more pleasant wife and <laughs> I am a more uh, wonderful wife to be around and I'm more confident. Mm. And I also find another uh, flag for me is when I'm super insecure and I'm looking for validation from Wyatt, yeah. mm-hmm. either in my body or in my experience or in my identity. And I'm like, kind of pull in, like, tell me I'm great. Tell me I'm beautiful. <laughs> and then he doesn't in a way that fills me. I'm like, oh yeah, that's because he can't really yeah. ultimately only the Lord can tell me how amazing I am. And he tells me I'm wonderfully made. And the, when I hear it from him, it actually sinks down and takes root and then makes me more of a confident woman. But when I yeah. try to pull it from another person, either my husband or my best friend, I just don't feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's good news that they can't satisfy us. And when we realize mm-hmm. that and find our satisfaction in God, then we set them free to um, receive God's grace. And we set them free to be a man as they are. And we're actually able to appreciate who they are. And we're not always looking at who they're not. Yeah. Oh, so good. How do you personally find satisfaction in the Lord? Oh, just that. I mean, I, I need to continue. I pay attention to my heart and I pay attention mm-hmm. when I have those little f- flares of insecurity mm-hmm. or need, I need approval. I need mm-hmm. affirmation. And yeah. I, I recognize that enough now that I don't go try to grab it from someone else. I mm-hmm. go to the Lord and I confess mm-hmm. it, God, I need, I need your affirmation. And all of us have holes in our heart. Maybe they're daddy holes or yeah. somewhere where we didn't get that as much as we needed it, mm-hmm. but he can fill it. Mm-hmm. But I think part of it is recognizing the movements of our heart of mm-hmm. what we're really looking for and knowing it's not going to be full by scrolling Instagram and actually it's yeah. going to get worse by scrolling mm-hmm. Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so putting all those um, kind of false satisfiers down mm-hmm. and going to the one that satisfies. And um, I actually love you probably speaking of satisfied, you probably have this in your book, but um, it's Isaiah 55. Mm-hmm. And I love it. If you don't mind, I'm just going to read it. I have it right here, but uh, talks about everyone. I 55 one, everyone who thirsts come to the waters. You who have no money come by and eat. Yes. Come by wine and milk without money or price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself in abundance, incline your ear and come to me here and you shall live. And so I think I just remind myself, I spend my time, my money, and my energy on things that don't satisfy. Mm. Oh yeah. Come to him. He satisfies. And so I think as a mom, I love the pause app. I don't know if you've seen that from John Eldridge. No, that is amazing. I really, I use that a lot. I even use it with my kids. We do it on the way to school, but it, it literally, it's kind of helps you practice silence and um, receptivity to the Lord. And mm-hmm. I, I do practice silence regularly as a rhythm because I need him to quiet my heart. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a way that I get really still so that I can receive his love. 
because there's a yeah. lot going on in my head and in my mm-hmm. world. Um, and then when I am able to find that quiet place with him, then it's like his word just hits me where I need it and fills mm-hmm. me. Like mm-hmm. his word says that we don't live on bread alone, but on his, on his word. And, yeah. and he knows me in that place. So mm-hmm. I think it's the main thing is like, I, I really am I'm needy. I need to be yes. known and I need to be loved. <laughs> And he's the one that meets me. And just knowing that about myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that, Francie. Okay, so um, let's move into sex because it's funny. As I was um, preparing ways to talk about the book, one of my really good friends and agents was like, okay, well, we have to just talk about the thing that everyone's going to be thinking about satisfied in marriage, like a huge aspect of that is sex. And, um, so let's just start by talking about what is the purpose of sex? Why did God create it? Why is it important? And I, um, you know, I feel like I, especially for those that have been married for a while, I think it's really good to be reminded of, it's not just a physical act. It's like, it's so important. So what is the purpose of sex? Okay. So what I love about the word of God is that you can see threads throughout all of it. And when you can find those threads, you realize this is the handiwork of God. And so we know that God created man and woman in the beginning, but in Matthew, the Pharisees are trying to get Jesus and they're like, what about divorce? What about basically they're trying to nail him on marriage topics. Hmm. And he calls them out and he says, oh no, no, it was not so in the beginning. It wasn't so messed up in the beginning. And he points us back to the garden. Mm -hmm. And so one of my favorite frames of reference is that God has actually, we can be Genesis three Christians where we focus on the sin and the problem and how everything's broken. And that is very true. Or we can be Genesis one Christians where we remember the garden and the Mm -hmm. goodness of God and his original intent. Mm -hmm. And yes, it did get broken, but Jesus suffered in a garden, was raised in a garden and came back mm-hmm. and was actually mistaken as a gardener by yeah. his, one of his closest mm-hmm. friends to point so us back good. to, he is restoring the garden, which is intimacy, oneness, love connection that leads to fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. And that's what sex is, is this microcosm picture that he imprinted within humanity that points to a macro story of love mm-hmm. that we were made to be one forever with God and love in a way that brings supernatural fruit Mm. and we're image bearers. And so in the beginning, God created this incredibly powerful childlike wonder filled garden where he also made a naked man and a woman and he called them awesome and beautiful and good. (laughs) And he gave them this beautiful way of connecting their bodies so that there could be a God revelation moment. Every time they connected, every Mm -hmm. time their bodies fit together, he said, that's oneness, just Mm -hmm. like we are one, because if we're image bearers, what we did in the garden, what we knew in the garden was supposed to image him and point us to him. And so what I want to explain about sex is that it's way more than the physical. It's way more than a man's need and a woman's duty. And that was what Mm -hmm. I grew up hearing. I grew up hearing, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then I heard it's a man's need and a woman's duty. And that's a broken way of seeing Mm -hmm. it. And God wants to restore us. And he wants to fill all things, including every bit of our bedroom, every bit of our thinking on sex, every bit of our thinking on pleasure and desire, and really not only the act, but the good fruit that comes from it. Because it's not only about procreation, which is supernatural and powerful. And it's not only about pleasure, which is amazing and good. It's also about this fruit-filled life that we were designed to live. And like I mentioned earlier, 
Physical unity is one way to press forward into deeper spiritual unity, and it brings forth fruitfulness, not only in procreation and children, but in our capacity to love and serve the world. We can't do it if we're disunified. We can't do it if we're at each other's throats. But when we are one in heart and in mind and in body, we have this capacity to say yes to God. That really points us back to the garden that he blessed them and he commanded them, come together, be fruitful, multiply, and take dominion. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I love about sex. That's what I love about talking about sex is that it's so much better than the world told us. It's so much more than the church told us. Mm -hmm. It is this incredible love story that has multiple layers of imagery that point us to intimacy with God, Mm -hmm. but also equips a marriage to be fruitful on so many levels Mm -hmm. on the earth. And it's really good news. And God has a lot of healing has done a lot of healing in my heart and continually heals me. And I believe he wants to heal our generation from really misunderstanding Mm -hmm. our bodies and the theology of our bodies and how they are really good and the theology Mm -hmm. of sexuality. And he wants to reclaim it because it's his territory. And it's one of the most profound ways that he reveals himself and his plan. So good. So I would love to dig in more of what you just said. How do you feel like God needs to reclaim our bodies? Like what wrong thinking do we have, especially as wives, Um, of our bodies and how God wants to restore that. Yeah. Um, So I, I think there's so many different directions we could go in this. I'll just Mm -hmm. say I have had a lot of struggle with body shame. I think just growing up feeling, even in the Christian world, feeling like I'm a temptation or, Mm. you know, modesty was kind of explained cover up because you might make a man stumble, but then how do you how do you embrace your femininity and love your body when for so long you have been told, don't love your body, cover up your body. It's not good. Mm -hmm. So even that, even while while it was well-intentioned is shame-based. And so, and then there's obviously the comparison stuff of seeing models or seeing TV and realizing, well, I've had five babies, I've carried six babies (laughs) and I've got stretch marks and rolls and I can't quite get rid of them. Am I still able to be confident? Well, what is beauty and what is sex for? Is it to be, and then you have the pornographic world that um, if we have been exposed to it, just gives us so much false understanding of what is beautiful and what is intimacy. Mm. It is a complete lie. It is a complete destructive lie from the pit of hell, really. And so we've got all of these different voices, wounds. I talk about these W's. We either, we see sex through lenses of our wounds, the world, the whispers of the church ladies, Mm. um, through our weariness of, I'm just too tired. I've been touched all day by babies. I don't want to be touched by somebody else. And so really, I think taking, knowing what, what is my struggle? Am I struggling with past wounds and shame? Am I struggling with voices of the world or with even the whispers of women who have gone before me, who said it's really a drag or it's really a man's need and a woman's duty. And then asking God, just like we would take off glasses, help me to take off those glasses and put on your word Mm -hmm. and put on a biblical worldview for my body. And for me, on a very practical level, it again has looked like paying attention to my heart. Mm-hmm. And when am I, I talking about sex was really hard for me when we were newlyweds. Cause I had so much shame about it. I didn't want to yeah. talk about it. I didn't want to name desire. I didn't want to feel desire. Cause I thought that was bad. Yeah. And so I think as a woman being able to reclaim the fact that I am sexual and that's good. Mm-hmm. Even that is a mind blowing thing for me from a long yeah. time ago. Like I'm sexual. Oh, don't talk about that. I'm sexual. God <laughs> right. made me that way. And he called it good. And with that comes an amazing body that's capable of lots of pleasure. And that's good. Mm-hmm. Can I receive that? Can I be intimate with my husband and be in a complete place of receptivity? Mm-hmm. 
And there are lots of things we could talk about in a whole nother podcast of what our bodies speak of God. And one of the gifts, there are gifts of masculinity and gifts of femininity as image bearers that reveal God. And part of the gift of being a woman and what reveals God of being a woman is that we are receptive. Mm. If you play that out practically, we receive our husbands. They come yeah. into us. Mm-hmm. That is a powerful spiritual revelation that we get to see what it is to know God, that we were made to be receptive of him mm-hmm. and receive his love. And so can I, getting really clear, lay on my bed and be receptive without shame? Yeah. And so if not, if I'm too ashamed and I just want to turn off the lights and get under the covers and let's get it done quickly, there's some un- unloading I need to do internally to say, God, help me to be a good receiver. Mm. Help me to receive without shame. And that might even yeah. bleed over, yeah. probably will into your spiritual life. How well do you receive God's love and affection? Mm. And they go hand in hand. And also just being willing to tell my husband, hey, sometimes I struggle. Can you remind me that you think I'm beautiful? And it's a a line, you know, I'm not pulling on him because I'm insecure. I'm trying to build intimacy and let him into my vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of that has been blessing my body. Um, Honestly, like having moments in the bathroom by myself where I realize, okay, I don't want to undress right now because I don't like my body. So God, thank you for my body. Mm -hmm. And I bless my body and head to toe. And that's a really profound thing to do with you and God, knowing that your body is beautiful. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit and all parts of you speak of God's goodness and um, being willing to open up that conversation with God, with a mentor, with a counselor, unpacking where we have had bags and bags of shame on us Mm -hmm. and realizing that he has freedom for us. Mm. Wow. That is so powerful. Just, yeah, (laughs) like almost in tears, just the idea of the truth of receiving love mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and working through that baggage and that shame on us. Cause that was one of the questions I was going to ask, which you answered was it is really hard when you've grown up in the church and it was no, no, no. And then it was like, okay, now on your wedding night, yes, yes, yes. And you would mm-hmm. think like, oh yeah, I'm ready for it. And then, you know, eight years into marriage, it's like, oh no, I still am unpacking what that yeah. did to my mindset. And, um, yeah realizing that I, I am a sexual being and that pleasure is okay. Um, cause I think even sometimes during the act of it, it can be really enjoyable. Then all of a sudden one thought comes in, I'm like, Oh, I, I shouldn't feel this. Like this isn't okay. And so, um, I love what you're saying, just giving us tools to work through those, um, wrong thoughts and to receive God's love and to receive oneness with our husband. Um, yeah. it's so good. And, um, Sorry, I was just, I think you answered most of the questions I had, but let's go into um, communication is such a big part in marriage and in sex. Is there anything that you would say to um, listeners about how to communicate about sex, to have a healthy sex life and to talk about it with our husbands? I feel like they have no problem talking about it. (laughs) Um, They love talking about it. And um, so how do we have those conversations with our husbands to really learn each other? Yeah. It was really hard for me. I don't know about you, but it was the same thing of don't, I grew up with this, don't do it. And so I, it was almost like a blank part of my brain. Like I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to transition as a newlywed from don't do it to now you can do it. And then you should enjoy it and you should be able to like grow in it. And it Mm -hmm. was just this blank slate. And 
maybe blank is not quite right because it was tainted with some brokenness and sin of the world, but it wasn't filled with the knowledge of God. And so mm-hmm. how do you transition over to a different way of thinking? And um, for one, I think it's knowing the bottom line value for us is that sex is not about the act. It's about connection and oneness. Mm-hmm. And so realizing, okay, when I feel that hesitation or that fear, I'm leaning into connection. I choose connection. Mm-hmm. And that's also how I think about sex when I don't want to do it, when I'm too tired, when I, it's been a long day. And mm-hmm. honestly, both of us are too tired. It's yeah. at this point in our lives, not always about the drive or the desire. It's about the commitment to connection and knowing yeah. that sex is a gift that brings connection like nothing else does by God's mm-hmm. design. Mm-hmm. It is a gift between a husband and a wife that forges a bonding and a oneness that is really good and powerful and very needed. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like the key ingredient for the awesome marriage you want is this yeah. con- connection, this oneness. And I never regret it when I do it, but it's sometimes mm-hmm. hard to get into it. And right. it's not like a magic pill, but it's, it is this, um, leaning in this commitment to oneness that over time builds an incredible marriage. And it does kind of force you when you prioritize that to talk about it. If you want to grow in it, you have to talk about it. And I, I have yeah. a series that is on my podcast right now, the power of words. And I'm, I'm talking about why is it so hard to put words around desire? Why is mm-hmm. it so hard to articulate desire um, mm-hmm. or even acknowledge desire in me as a woman? And I remember when we were newlyweds, we would go to Barnes and Noble and we would grab a sex book and I would put another book on the outside of it because I didn't want anybody to know that I was reading a sex book. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we would read a tip or a thought. And a lot of it was learning about my body. Cause I knew mm. nothing about my body, like yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. It was just, again, like, don't go there. And so learning about my body. And then we would get in the car and I'd be like, what'd you read? I'm like, I can't talk about it. It's so embarrassing. And so we would use the words literally from the books we were reading and be like, read this page. This is what I want. And then I try to read it out loud and get my courage up. And so it was a thing mm-hmm. of building courage and building trust. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think like the hookup culture and, and Tinder and all, it is so not good sex at all. It is not yeah. good sex. Good sex mm-hmm. comes from good trust. Mm-hmm. And trust is built over time and with commitment. And that is good sex. And yeah. it grows as your confidence with each other grows. And it grows as you're willing to try new things or open yourself up to more pleasure or mm-hmm. say, well, I used to be really afraid of that, but we, we've built enough trust that now I think I can say yes to, you know, and it's not about being weird or kinky. It's just about trusting each other with your whole selves. And isn't yeah. that the gospel? We are to live completely surrendered to a love that's bigger than us. And the marriage bed is a place of full giving of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's the journey is, is, am I willing to give myself a little bit more, a little bit more? Mm -hmm. And that does include words. And so I'd say use books, let them be your words until you're willing to use your own words or able Mm -hmm. to, um, naming desire is a really sweet thing that I have learned by actually going slow in sex Mm -hmm. that faster Mm -hmm. is not always better. Yeah. But the gift of practicing slow sex, which involves mutual giving and receiving and a willingness to go slow and feel. And then as you go slow and you feel desire in your body, being able to say, I desire this, I desire that it builds a ton of trust and it is a beautiful um, way to connect that is um, really powerful in building unity Mm -hmm. and oneness. So that's like a different approach, I think, is while you're being intimate having the ability to feel things in your body and put a word to it or say, I want this, Mm -hmm. or I desire this. And it's risk. It was risky for me to grow into that. And I'm still growing as a woman, but, um, I think that's kind of what it can look like is start with books. And then 
and then try uh, to grow your marriage practically by investing in your sex life and then grow by naming your desires. We talk sometimes about frames. What was your favorite frame in our moment of intimacy we just had? And that helps us talk about what we liked and get to know each other. So those are some practicals on communication during sex that I think um, might be helpful. I love that. Okay. I have one more question. If I can ask, um, sometimes in marriage, if you've been married for a while, um, and I think we've talked about it where it can be, it can feel more like the husband really desires it. And the woman says yes and is willing. But, um, sometimes our husbands can say, well, it just feels like you're tolerating me. And I want you to like really enjoy this because I think they get the most pleasure when we have pleasure. Um, and I've talked to friends and it's, we've had this conversation. So what would you say on that? Like, how do, how do we as women show up and not just have our husbands feel tolerated, but like where we really enjoy it and, um, serve them and like are there for it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It is a real thing. I've talked to, to a lot of people about that, including my husband and he, he agrees. He's like, yeah, men do not want you to tolerate it. Cause it's kind of like, if we were having a deep conversation with them and they were like, okay, go, I'm ready. Go ahead. Tell me your heart. Tell me your heart. Get it out. <laughs> okay. All right. Are you done? Let's go. Yeah. Not exactly. But kind of, you know, mm-hmm. and wanting their full engagement with us when we're sharing our heart and they want our full engagement when they're sharing that mm-hmm. physical space. And it is mm-hmm. such an avenue to their hearts. And I think I didn't yeah. realize that for a while, mm-hmm. but I, I watched as his heart softened towards me after we were intimate and it was like a whole nother side of him. And I think that's God's design mm-hmm. is a pathway towards deeper intimacy into his heart and mine. Um, yeah. But I think in terms of not tolerating it. I think one is giving yourself permission to feel Mm -hmm. and showing up with, Hey, I want to be open to having great orgasms with you. And I want to learn my body because I might not know what feels good, but I'm going to try with you. And I'm going to put forth the effort to get to know my body too. And I think there's lots of books that you can read that give you some handrails for getting to know your body more. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that you could do is talk about, Hey, I really want to connect with you. This time is when I'm able to be most present Mm -hmm. because it might be that, you know, what's happening with the kids or there's this appointment happening and you have a lot on your mind, Mm -hmm. but scheduling a moment of connection in your mind saying, Hey babe, I want to connect with you after eight is when I'm my best. I would love Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So it's not a No, it's a, Hey, I want that. Here's a great time when I can be fully present. And then what I like to do before that is I say, Hey babe, I can't wait to connect. I need to go switch gears in the bathroom (laughs) and so I'll go to the bathroom and I'll freshen up. And I have like this little toolkit that has some body powder. I'll put a little mascara on just to wake me up. I'll put on something that I feel cute in. And I will say, I choose connection. God, I want this help me. And I invite a new mindset. I invite God to give me a new mindset. And I think that that helps me switch gears so that I can be fully present. Mm -hmm. And it's part of it is brain training. And when you're in the moment with your husband and your mind waters wanders, bring it back and say, thank you, God, for this gift. Mm -hmm. And the gift of orgasm and pleasure is amazing. And it Mm -hmm. takes work to learn your body and to learn trust. It's just worth it. And so Mm -hmm. growing 
promote your sex life is a very holy pursuit. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can kind of have that mindset that this is a holy gift and it is a holy pursuit to read sex books together and to cuddle in bed and we both have one and we're kind of giggling like, Hey, maybe we should try this. I think it just makes Mm -hmm. it more fun and it honors that desire in him, but it also honors your covenant. Mm -hmm. And uh, really, I think pushes back some of the work of the enemy who wants to divide us and says, no, this we're growing in this because we're growing in oneness for the glory of God. Yeah. Mm, So good, Francie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all that you shared today. Hey, for listeners, where can they find you um, if they want to know more or follow along with all that you um, do and serve? Yeah. Um, the heaven in your home podcast is where I am on all places podcast. And then my website is francywinslow.com and social media and all of those places. So I'd love to connect with them there. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for being on today, Francie. It was such a joy. It was my joy too. Hey guys, thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening. This episode was so good. Each one of these series is just gold. I love what everyone brings to the table, what they share. I was so encouraged by them and I hope you are too. Satisfied is out. I cannot believe it. It is so fun seeing you guys post about it and talk about it. If you guys have a copy, take pictures, tag me in it. Tell me what you love about it. It is just such a joy to have it finally out in the wild for you guys to read. If you haven't ordered the book yet, make sure you go anywhere books are sold, satisfiedbook.com. If you make any of the recipes, tag me, make a pie. I want to see what you're making. Thank you for coming along this journey with me.